Hi, Ralph. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today? Okay. Well, it's the day after Labor Day, 2023. Do you hear the music in the background? I do. You know who the singer is? That's Jimmy Buffett. Uh, recently deceased at 76. Yeah. Uh, and that kind of leads into one of the things we want to talk about today. Yeah. We're still continuing our series on implicit bias and uh, this was on Saturday Sheila and I were driving around we were listening to the TED radio hour and they were doing a uh, I suppose a kaleidoscope of some of the recent um, talks on aging and uh, there's a gal who did an interesting talk about ageism now in our course on implicit bias, we have said that there are many isms. You know, there's homophobias, uh, there's uh, sexism, there's well, racism, racism. Uh, and you know, I really didn't think very much about ageism. But she makes you know some pretty good points, and we'll put that talk uh, down here under learn more. Yeah, and one of the things, Jim, that uh, over the weekend I heard, which was uh, an interesting uh, broadcast, uh, talking about ageism and talking about how the, uh, the fact is that many employers are very leery of hiring people over about 50. And they use a kind of can't for um, their applications. They say things like digital native or tech savvy. You must be tech savvy. The implication here is that if you're 20, you're probably tech savvy. If you're our age, you probably aren't tech savvy, right? Right. Okay. And what they, uh, they went on to say is that uh, employers are losing out on potential employees who have what they call soft skills. Okay, what do you think soft skills might be? Well, a soft skill, for example, is keeping in touch with your uh, sales contacts, for example, and uh, knowing about their families, knowing about their interests, and knowing about what they're interested in purchasing from your country. So, cu uh, customer relations. Yeah, customer yeah. relations. And the thing is that uh, many digital natives uh, don't uh, follow up on those things very well. well the other thing they, that... that a, a, what, a hard skill would be knowing how to code, right? Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that uh, this talk said that I thought was really interesting is that uh, in the soft skills, they listed uh, older employees uh, come to work every day and they come in on time. And I thought, well, yeah, that's, you know, everybody does that. Well, apparently, <laughs> uh, digital natives often don't do that. They, they see that as, oh, my employer should be flexible. You know, there's a, I don't know what you call it, maybe a fad, um, uh, and it's being referred to as 
lazy girl jobs. Yeah. And which is kind of a implicit bias right there, right? Right. Um, but the idea is that uh, you want to find a job that permits flexibility, and uh, you know you can go out and walk your dog, or or go shopping, or you know whatever on company time. And I guess there are a lot of companies who say as lot of, as long as the work gets done, we don't care. But there are other companies that say. No, no, we expect you, when we say work starts at 9 o'clock, we expect you to be here at 9 o'clock. 10.15 is not an option. Hmm. And often, uh, those kinds of jobs are in the service industry. You know, if you're working for Waffle House, um, and they say you start at 6 in the morning, um, they yeah. want you there. Of you course. know, nobody uh, nobody cooks breakfast if you're not there. So, you know, you've got uh, at a certain level, I guess, of employment, you may have more flexibility, but you need skills for that, and not necessarily just tech savvy skills. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, this uh, gal who's talking about ageism. Uh, you know, gave the, the spoiler alert, you know, she's 70 years old, very spry-looking 70. But then she, you know, I just did something there. I just uh, revealed some... Some uh, some bias. Some implicit bias, yeah. Because by saying spry-looking, that that's a stereotype, right? Right, and it implies that there are other 70-year-olds who are shuffling onto the shuffleboard court and it's barely what they can do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are many people who uh, who don't, for example, start careers as writers until they're in their last two decades of life. Yeah. You talked about uh, uh, people who were born between uh, 1940 and 1949. Right. You and I talked about this. That's a very small percentage of the population, right? It's about 1%. Now. Huh. And yet, uh, so those would be people in the, what, 80s at the present time. Yeah, 80 and upward. Okay. So can you think of anybody who's 80 and upward who uh, is making a mark, has made a mark on the world? President Biden is a classic example. Okay. Yeah. Uh you know, and regardless of whether you are on one side or the other of the political agenda, uh, let's call it, uh, the fact is that uh, Mr. Biden is the oldest person who has ever occupied the presidency. No kidding. Older than Mr. Trump? Older than Mr. Trump. Mm -hmm. Not by that many years, but you know, at at, and again, here's a bias. At that age, five or six years might make a difference. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm um, thinking. Um, Jane Goodall was making contributions in in biology at a late age. Yeah, uh, Jane Fonda. Uh, she was fifty something when she started Jane Fonda's workout. Okay. Huh. No. You know, we should put that uh, TED Talk 
up under uh, learn more too because she talks about something called the stair step uh, process of aging that we used to think of aging as sort of linear and then that is my finger is going now just across flat yeah and now and now it's going down and that was considered to be the kind of the model for aging that you right. you stabilized for a while and then and let me ask you Jim where where are people happiest at what age well let's see I worked a lot with adolescents and uh, you know the people at the young end of the continuing continuum and I'm pretty confident to say that they're not happy um, how about younger than that um, well the people I see are not have not the the youngsters the you know the ten-year-olds are not super happy um, you know they're they're okay as long as they've got their games to play but uh, well research tends to show that people are happiest from one to five okay no that's assuming that you know you have a, a reasonable uh, support system parents grandparents uh, at that age, people tend to be happiest. They're developing, they're growing, they're changing, and life is uh, pretty good. Okay, good, good So point. the level plateau maybe starts from where your clients start at about eight or 10, and it goes level, and then it goes downhill, and then it comes back uphill. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, an, unlike the normal curve, which is an upward bell. It's a U-shaped curve. This is a U-shaped curve that goes downward, and people are perhaps least happy, uh, what we would think of as midlife. Mm -hmm. uh, for many people, that's an age when their career seems stalled, their first marriage is falling apart, their kids hate them, or apparently hate them, uh, and they're thinking, uh, is this all there is? Is this what it's all about? Mm -hmm. And yet, they come out of that and they go up until they reach what we would normally think of as old age. The 70s and 80s, yeah. 70s and 80s, yeah. and people say, you know, I'm happier now than I was when I was 45. Mm -hmm. Now that's the U-shaped curve, okay. Now Fonda, and we talked about her a minute ago, she talks about the stair-step model. In the stair-step model, you take your, your, where you are right now, the plateau, and build upon it. And there's no downward um, uh, progression, but rather from the 60s and 70s upward, you can continue to take the stair-steps up toward this, what? Yeah. Uh, I won't say elusive, but for some people, elusive... Um, goal of a uh, good last life and a good what a good death yeah end of life uh, kind of and and most people who have reached uh, you know this this point say they don't fear death mm -hmm. uh, yeah a lot of them say well you know I've never been conventionally religious but I do believe that there is some kind of life after death. Yeah. You know, so am yeah. I am I going to hell? Am I going to heaven? I don't know. Uh, I hope I go to 
some kind of heaven and not to some eternal punishment, but um, hey, I don't fear it. Either way, I'm okay with it. Okay. Now, we started with uh, some music from Jimmy Buffett, and uh, this was a song he wrote and performed and, and actually was on the hit parade many, many years ago. He hasn't had a lot of hits, uh, but he's got a very dedicated fan base. And uh, some a fan once asked for uh, uh, some advice, and he said, well, you want to be successful, it helps to have a little bit of luck, to work hard, and have a, you know, a bit of talent. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good yardstick for our listeners, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, life is going to require you to be lucky sometimes, being in the right spot at the right at time. At the right time. Mm -hmm. You need uh, a modicum of talent, in, and, you know, one of the things that, a lot of people say, well, I, I can't sing, I can't dance, I have no talent. Well, you have no talent in that area, but what you have to do is find where you do have talents. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, and this is in spite of what a lot of the ultra-progressives say, you have to work hard. Yep. Now, you know, Jimmy Buffett, as a singer, is known for having glorified, if you will, relaxation and you know people say oh he lived in Key West he lived on a boat he went sailing blah 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 what they miss is the fact that at his uh, death he was a billionaire yeah he had a net worth of at least a billion and the thing is that um, you know, you don't get that kind of net worth unless you're willing to get in there and dig. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when, when somebody... He was opening up restaurants, he had a beer company, and he once said, you know, for, I don't know how many years, 43 years, he had the best summer job of anybody around. Right. Because that's when his concerts were. And then in the winter, um, he worked at other things, but he worked. Mm-hmm. Now... I think one of the things that we could say to our listeners is, you know, ageism is something to fear in the sense that uh, you don't uh, you don't want to get old. You don't want to get old in the stereotype of getting old. Mm -hmm. But there are many people now. There, there's a Canadian guy uh, who just finished. Uh, a marathon. Now you say, okay, well, what? Lots Anybody of can do, go, do that. Do 26 miles, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> He's 101. Oh, okay. So he goes out there. Now, did he win? Did he place first? No. Uh, but he made it. He made it. Ralph, now, Ralph, you would not make a 26 mile marathon. You know that, right? I know that, yeah. W would I? Probably not. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, and the thing is that, you know, we we don't train for that. Uh-huh. He did. It was something he valued. It was something he valued. Mm -hmm. He said at uh, 90, when I'm 100, and this is interesting because he expected to live to be 100. Mm -hmm. When I'm 100, I'm going to win, a, I'm going to enter a marathon mm -hmm. and finish it. Interesting. My mentor, uh, Jerry Fuller, 
who just moved back to Mount Pleasant after many, many years, after he retired from Central Michigan University. He uh, has a, a tradition, along with his youngest daughter. He walks around Mackinac Island on his birthday. Okay. Hey, that's a twenty. That's not a twenty-six mile walk. It's about an eight-mile walk, maybe maybe six to eight miles. But uh, I was on Mackinac Island for my birthday this year. Okay. I did not walk around the island, but I walked a lot on the island. But that's something you know that he looks forward to, and it's a challenge for him. And so, you know, I say, go for it, right? Yeah, and uh, to be quite um, blunt about it, uh, Jerry Fuller is not a uh, young person. He's 91. He's 91. Yeah. Now, if he set his goal to run a marathon at 101... He might do it. He might do it. Mm -hmm. You know, the thing is that um, you... You get out of life, I think, and this, you know, this is kind of descending into a bit of a sermon here, but you get out of life what you put into it. Mm -hmm. And if you put into it nothing... What do you get out? What do you get out? Okay, yeah. So, so even a life with some adversity is a life worth living, right? Right. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I've talked to people who... Uh, who were quite ill um, and came very close to to death in their 50s. Uh, one of the examples is my father. And he, uh, he ended up saying to me uh, when he came home from the hospital, he said, uh, every day I wake up now is a bonus. He lived to 93 and felt blessed every day. Well, we were talking today about age and ageism, and I think I'm going to try and get back to uh, Jimmy Buffett. Let's uh, listen to a little bit of what Jimmy has to say. It's a commercial for Allstate. Okay. Come on, thank you very much. One of my people Congratulations. We had no money to do this video. Thus, I uh, had my girlfriend at the time, Jane, work for free. She had been modeling. She now is my wife. She doesn't work for free anymore. <laughs> the car is not a prop. That was my truck. And uh, my comp cruiser until it was impounded and crushed into a scrap metal rectangle at Carlos's junkyard. The Boston Whale was my first boat that I ever bought. There really wasn't much uh, need in scripting this. This was where I lived, the people I lived with, and the girl who I wrote come under your back. So here it is.
Well, you got your hush puppies on, Ralph? I do indeed. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I think glitter rock and roll isn't for us, but hey, site takeaway certainly is. Yes, indeed. And uh, one of the things we want to remind our listeners of is to keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together.